Wednesday, babies. It's Leah Knauer and Rachel LaForest, your basic witches. And it gets even witchier because today in the, well, not studio, but <laughs> our <apartment>. virtual world, <laughs> we have Sandra Mariah Wright and Leanne Marama, who are pro witches in Salem, you guys. Yeah, they are incredible. And we still feel like we have so much more to talk about. So I'm sure they'll be back. And they just gave us so much guidance with reading our tea leaves. So why don't you make yourself a piping hot cup of tea and then you can do a reading with us and look at your own reading while they guide us through ours. Mm-hmm. Um, as usual, you know, go to our Instagram and our TikTok at Basic Witches where we post a bunch of funny content there. And you'll also find links to our merch, our Patreon, and uh, we'd like to remind you to leave us a five-star iTunes review if you have time and feel that what you're listening to is five stars. Because mm-hmm. it is. Um, <laughs> and after this episode, if you love what you hear, then I know you're going to love the Soulfire Network. And there's another show on our network called The Uncensored Empath. Y'all are going to love it. It's hosted by Sarah Small, your no-bullshit spiritual guide. She's got 15 years of experience with chronic illness, loss, and grief, and an insatiable desire to integrate the darkness into the light, inspiring her and you to create and thrive within the wellness world. She supports empaths and highly sensitive people, which most of you probably are, (laughs) to create a body, business, and life that you will love, blending energy, neuroscience, spirituality and intuition so be sure to check out the uncensored empath now it's time for us to spill the tea literally that cauldron mug is amazing where did you get that thank you i bought one for leanne too because when i found it i had to have it oh which is i made a mug that says witches brew on it when i found it i was like all right because there was a girl at work who had one and leanne was so jealous i was <laughs> like i've got to find these for us so as soon as i did she came over the house and i had the two of them sitting there i said choose which one's yours and i love it she picked oh, one and I, yes. and I got the other one so you two yeah. already remind me of us yeah <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. Double, double. Oil <laughs> and trouble. trouble. Lots of trouble. <laughs> oh, I um, love it. So we are, we have our tea. Yeah. We have loose leaf tea that we're sipping. So as we go, we can then, you know, get to the bottom. We're just Perfect. starting to sip. And I am asking my tea what I need to let go of. Okay. Ooh. And I want you to think about one more thing. Okay. We want to talk about the timing of the cup before we do the reading. Okay. Ooh, okay. So we want to figure out how you are envisioning that timing. We do a, a really simple version that we do with beginners is just to say things up at the lip are the closest. They're about to happen or they're happening. And as we move down the cup, we get further into the future and then down the bottom of the cup, probably like a year out and then anything that's on the saucer is further out than that okay that's a simple now if you said to the cop like show me the next three months Mm. and what you would want to do is when you pick the cup up you want to pick it up by the handle have the handle on the bottom like at six o'clock okay 
when you're getting ready to do the reading, not right oh, now. Oh, okay. Still the hot. When you pick it up, um, you would do like the first third would be that first month. The second third would be that next month. And then the, the last one coming back towards the handle would be that third month. Okay. So you, but you could do even, you can even split the cup into 12 equal months. It's all about, you set the timing the same way that a reader would set the timing in cards they were laying out. Yes. You're going to set the timing for your reading before you actually do it. So that you're telling the cup, this is how I want you to speak to me. I want you to tell me about the next three months or the next six months or the next whatever. So you're going to set the timing in that cup so that you know what you're looking at when you go to look at it. I like that. So, so three months sounds good to me because it kind of feels like um, summer and it kind of feels like possibly quarantine, feels like a good number. So I'm telling my tea that this reading is for the next three months and what mean, I need to let go of. Do you mean quarantine continuing or ending? Continuing. Okay. I, I feel it's going to be that yeah. long at least. I do um, too. Yeah. I am asking my tea... I'm also going to do three months. That was the number that popped in my head. Um, what do I need to know about manifesting $27,000? Okay. He's very specific. <laughs> wow, that was specific. <laughs> do me a favor. Okay. Do me a favor. Ask your team what it takes for me to manifest that $27,000. You know? I love dreaming big. I don't it out. I like it. I will manifest that. Yeah, I... Yeah. Damn! I'm right? <laughs> Why not? Crystal for that. <laughs> Dream big. Hey, I got a lot of citrine. Right? Do we rolling in the citrine? Yeah. Do you feel like we need to sort of introduce ourselves at any point in this, or we'll, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We just well, dive right in. You're, yeah. yeah, you're good. Um, because because we want to drink this and then we'll talk while we're sipping it. While we're so doing we want to kind of like intro. Um, so I'm asking my tea, I haven't sipped it yet. I'm asking my tea, what do I need to know to manifest $27,000 specifically for my online shop? I like make a lot of art and that's where we sell our basic witches merch. Um, okay. so oh my yeah. God. Which reminds me, I forget which one of, is it Leanne? You run the psychic market. No, psychic, that would be Sandra. Sandra. Can you tell us about that? It's the yeah. largest psychic fair yearly, right? Annually. Yeah. Annually, yes, and it's in Salem, and oh. um, yes, so um, it's it's the entire month of October. Um, it's called yes. Festival of the Dead, yeah, and it's the psychic fair that's associated with Festival of the Dead. So we do a series of events, um, and it culminates with um, a circle on Salem Common that's attended by hundreds of people. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And there's it's a witch's aerial footage of it. Oh, <laughs> cool. There's like drone footage of it, which is amazing because yeah. just watching that circle, you know, of that many people. Oh, wow. And has, I'm sure the answer is yes, but does anything stick out that's happened from that circle? Like something you guys have manifested or power you felt? Um, I just feel like it's the same, it's the same thing that I feel like a musician feels from the difference between sitting down at the piano or sitting down with the guitar and writing the song to performing the song in a stadium, you know, with 
40,000 of their closest friends. You know what I mean? So it's sort of like, it's the difference between um, working magic solo or working magic in a tight knit coven versus working magic that is, you know, that is encompassing hundreds of people Mm -hmm. that we we don't know who have literally just come together for this one purpose. So it's like leading everybody in the chant in that moment and leading everybody, you know, where everyone's saying the same thing at the mm. same time is very powerful. What yes. kind of magic has happened there? I bet something like... No, well, we've had a lot of energy that's raised oh. there and we send it out. And, I, and I've seen people get really emotional because mm. what we're doing is we're calling in the ancestors and mm. we're asking them to reflect on their dead. So the magic that happens... Mm there you can actually feel it and it is very intimate people I've never met before I'm hugging after we're all dancing and um we're just it's wild and it is exciting and it's raising energy like Leanne said for spirit not it's not spell work necessarily like oh I'm 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 gonna manifest a new job or oh I'm gonna manifest a relationship we're really sending the energy in that circle. We're we're not necessarily we're not necessarily using that to power something you mm. know that we're looking to do. It's more honoring and sending it to the dead. Yeah, it's really it's it's really connecting. You know, it's connecting with our with our beloved dead usually, and and mm. just kind of the turning of the wheel and acknowledging that turning of the wheel and feeling alive, feeling very alive. By, you know, by entertaining our dead, we are reminded that in this moment, we are here, we're here, you know, to live our best lives, right? So that's ultimately we're embracing and acknowledging our, our ability to be embodied in this moment, knowing that we're only here for a short time. Right. And I, I think that. I think it also speaks to the fact that we can do this. This and here we are in Salem, where people were persecuted at one time, and now we have the freedom to stand there and do our magical rites and worship and and sing together and chant together and do all the things that at one time we couldn't do. So we're exercising something very people have died for the right to say. I am a witch, and to say that in the middle yes. of Salem, sit in Salem yeah. on October, you know, in on Halloween, is empowering. It's yes. empowering. Everyone there is exercising their freedoms, and we are too. Yeah. That. Do you think any of the those persecuted who were killed come during these? Do those spirits come, or or are they already embodied in current witches there, like? got any scoop on the dead there you know it's interesting that you bring that up because i i think that we have sort of a i don't know if leanne and i are even 100 percent in line with how we view that okay um but i will say that we have um connected with bridget bishop 
who I think personally, other than Tichaba, is mm-hmm. probably one of the only people involved that actually had her finger on the pulse of magic. I don't oh, think that a yes. lot of these people were witches or even understood witchcraft from the level that we do now. I don't think they were actually practicing witches. I think in most cases, they were outsiders or they had yes. some... Yes, absolutely. They were just... Something that somebody else wanted them accused to get them out of the way right. for whatever reason. You know, it it just, it turned into a land grab. It wound up being, you know, very much about who likes who. And, you know, it was, it was, it was mean girls, 1692. <laughs> <laughs> it was women with property. Um, it was, it was like, like <sighs> you know, yeah. <sighs> or, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's, I don't know that they would necessarily be ready to take part in an actual ritual other than maybe to say like, you go girl, like do your thing. I don't know that they would necessarily, you know what I mean? And I'm I'm sure hundreds of years of perspective later, um, you know, if, if those souls haven't, you know, stepped back into a physical body, because like, why would you want to after that? You'd almost mm. be like, I'm taking a break. Um, you know, not hurrying back to that scenario mm-hmm. too soon. Um, maybe I'll sit it out until women truly have equality and then show back up again. But right. um, I feel like, you know, if they are, then I don't know that they necessarily are our witch ancestors, but okay. they are, there are ancestors in the sense that- Who were oppressed. Or persecuted. Yeah. So would they would they come when called? We welcome them. Do they show? Okay. I will say Bridget. Bridget Bridget has. I know Bridget has. That Bridget's been (laughs) the only one that I felt also that might you know did do magic. Tell us about what can can you tell us about how and when you contacted Bridget or she contacted you? Well, interestingly enough. I was on um, Penn and Teller's Bullshit, mm-hmm. season one. Nice. Um, and I am operating a spirit board in the what was then called the Lyceum, which is now Turner's um, Seafood Restaurant here. Okay. Um, and that is Bridget's old, um, she had a, a tavern. Oh, that was, her, that was actually her property. Whoa! And that, yeah, and so we were entrepreneur. In, we were in the upstairs. Leanne and I just did an event there on March first. We did a tea event in that same upstairs where I filmed. Um, where I filmed the, the for, for yeah. And so what happened? Yeah, so crazy. So they're trying to set up the cameras, and they are like. I don't understand. We're not getting full color. It's only coming out in sepia tone. Oh, they changed out wires. The camera guy was flummoxed. He's like, I don't understand. Changing out wires, he's changing out everything. And I would only come through in sepia tone. What was crazy is at the time, um, Christian and I were running um, a website called Salem Tarot, salemtarot.com. And my picture and his picture on that page were in sepia tone. Oh. Along with like old pictures of the witch house and old pictures from Salem. And so the guy's looking through the thing and I'm like, are you serious? He's like, I can't get you to come in full color. And it was like, this went on for like 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden it 
I came in in color. He didn't, oh. he, like, I didn't even touch anything. All of a sudden I was in color. So really crazy stuff. When we were actually film, when we were actually doing the board and stuff, not so much. It was really in this, it was the behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. where it, it was really screwed up. So, mm. so, so yeah, so you can't force like, it. Okay, this is interesting. Once we were on camera, then it was like, all right, I'm not putting on a show. They got shot. Damn. Yeah. You know, she's like, yeah, no, I want the, I want it to be real, not, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. Not for, two two part question. Are y'all from Salem? And what is it like living there? as a witch. Uh, Sandra lives in, in Salem. Okay. I do not. So I will, I take my broom into work. I basically commute. <laughs> so it's amazing to right work. Down the road. It's a you wonderful place to work, but it is, Sandra, you take this because you, you're, you. So my, my family um, has had property here on Gallows Hill um, for a hundred years. I live in my family's property. I live on my family's estate here on Gallows Hill, on the top of Gallows Hill. Um, So just down the bottom, just like, I don't know, a couple streets down at the sort of bottom area of the hill that I live at the top of is where they've decided um, that the hangings actually took place. I knew you were going to say that somehow, yeah. yeah. Growing up, I was told that that the tree was actually up by the water tower um, which is sort of behind my house this way, but actually um, where they've decided it was is sort of down that way. Interesting, you know, it's in the same general area, but it makes more sense that it would have been down there because why would you go hauling everybody up this ginormous hill? You know what I mean? Without cars um, and stuff, yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a much smaller hill down there that they were actually <laughs> on, not this giant hill up here. So that makes sense. The spirits here... You know, I never felt um, scared by the spirits here or, you know, I I never, I just, I guess because I grew up in this space, Uh it just, it feels like home to me in a way that I don't, I can't imagine any other place feeling, you know, like everywhere I've gone, I love New Orleans, I love parts of Mexico that I've been to, and I could see maybe spending some time there or having a vacation property there, but this is always going to be my home. Like wow. this is home for me. This is this is where my soul belongs. So it's just I'm here for a reason. My mom here for a reason. And it's and just, is, like, do you come from a line of witches? My mom is more of a what I would like to call a white lighter. Okay, what not a bitch. She is. She's into channeling. She likes. You know what I mean. She's more of a white lighter. You know, but interesting. She, she's she always supported me and let me do my own thing. Mm-hmm. So is it and more so that she wouldn't call herself a witch? Because I would call someone that can do any healing like that a witch. Personally, I would. <laughs> yeah, she she did not self-identify that. Okay. She would tell you more that she's more of like a new age. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, she would fall more into the new age category. Her friends were like, they were all doing like channeling and those types of things. Astrology, channeling, you know, sort of on the fringes, but not, um, you know, not necessarily doing spell work or anything like that. Okay. And so what about your, you guys, your divination, both of you, what do you... What do you um, do? I, I use tarot. I'm a medium. I talk to the oh. dead. Um, so I'll, I'll tarot, crystal ball, mm. scrying, 
you can read or you can, anything can be used. A lot of things can be used as like a battery to give uh-huh. you a boost. They're all just tools. Like the tarot is just a tool that helps you relay the message. Just like yeah. the t- there's a story in that cup. So mm. that's what we're pulling out. Yeah. Um, and how, professional, she's a professional psychic. This is how she earns this a living. She doesn't have it time. Oh, amazing. amazing. I teach classes. I do uh, full-time psychic work. I'll teach classes, but this is all I do. This is full-time. And the classes you teach are on psychic mediumship? Um, or? I have, a, I have, there's a class currently available on, was it uh, Crowd? Crowdcast, yeah. Crowdcast Hex, Hex, Hex Education that I did. <laughs> so Hop in and watch it. I mean, awesome. and I do dream interpretations and there's all different <gasps> types. I come from a very Italian family and I, I, a lot of people will ask me if my grandparents or if my mother, they were stregas or Italian witches. What's an Italian witch called? A strega. Okay. I didn't know that. Oh, like strega nona. Yeah. Just like strega nona. In fact, I love that story. (laughs) Um, My family, they, they did folk magic. Oh, a lot of families have folk magic. So what I I don't think they were, I wouldn't call them witches. I would say they were good Catholics that had a lot of folk <laughs> magic and they believed in different things. Um, His grandfather was a broom maker. Yes. He was oh my God. It's so he perfect. Who's a broom maker? Who's a, <laughs> a broom maker? And for years I kept on saying, I have no magic in my family. No, they don't do anything. Come to find out my grandmother read, read tea leaves. And I just ignored it, never really thought anything of it. Um, My mother reads the tarot, and all I could say is, well, she works for the stock market. (laughs) She was asking tarot about insider trading for the stock market. That's what was happening. (laughs) That's incredible. So how long have both of you been, like, in Richard? Well, for me, I was probably about 11 when I waltzed into um, Crowhaven Corner, uh, uh, Laurie Cabot's witch shop here in Salem. Um, I think it's pretty easy to, um, you know, to access witchcraft when you're living in Salem. Um, And of course, at this point now, the internet has brought it to everyone, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone has access to, to learn about witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Although there is a lot of misinformation out there. I mean, of tons course. of misinformation out there. Um, you know, the, but the serious student will push past it and, and will be able to identify, um, you know, the reality from, from the bullshit. You know? mm-hmm. um, but that's another thing is like, you have to be serious enough to seek out you know, the actual knowledge, but those are, that's, that's all a part of it. That's a part of the mysteries is, um, you know, guard the mysteries, reveal them constantly. That's what we're told. And so it's like, you have to be able to, you know, to put it out there and have people be able to use their intuition and their, you know, discernment to figure out like, okay, does this make sense? You know, does it not, does it fit, you know, and does it fit me? You know, mm-hmm. we, we like, we like to do what works. So yes, um, I would say actively starting to do spells and actively starting to pursue witchcraft 11. Wow. I say connections with animals and belief in the unseen world and psychic phenomenon before that, actually even younger than that, when I had my first truly psychic experience. So 
Some people say all kids are psychic because we haven't put up a shield between the veil yet. Do you? Oh, <laughs> we talk about that in the book. Amazing. Let's talk, talk about, about kids being psychic in the book. Yes. This is Leanne's bailiwick, honestly. Yeah, Leanne. She's the mom. Oh, I have kids and my kids are older now, but I always found kid, kid, children to be extremely intuitive. There's no walls up. They just see right through it. They, they have little fear. Sometimes they don't even, they're not afraid. How many times have I heard uh, little kids talking and they were cribs at night, little babies and you hear them talking and that's just a grandparent coming by to say hi. I used to teach children a class called Miss Firefly. So I would teach them how to look into their dreams, how to get rid of uh, nightmares, and how to really open up intuitively. Oh. You can use coloring books and drawings and any kind of creative artwork that kids can really get in there and really see things, really, really see things. That's so we've, had cool. kids, we've had kids at tea events that just bust out with, they, oh, they see the shapes faster than the adults can. And they're able to connect right away. Kids are, <laughs> so kids are cool. really, really on, on the money with psychic ability. Amazing. And as you get older, I find it to go away. See, the craft came to me a little later in life. I, I, even though I was close in, you know, driving distance to Salem, I, I kind of lived my life very, very um, planned. I was married at 21. Of course, then again, divorced at 30. <laughs> so somewhere in between high school, I gave up on looking for witchcraft and looking for that. I, I gave up on it. I did what my family told me to do. Get married, have a kids, you know, buy the house, do this, do this, do this. And some, some magic in me died. But that, that calling to the craft came back later in life. And um, I ran with it. I ran with it. Oh. And what it did for me was it gave me freedom. It had me meet wonderful people. And it mm. really, really helped me with my psychic ability, which never went away. Mm. It's like a muscle. It doesn't disappear. You can right. just get that work in it again. Work it out. Well, I've been working on my psychic abilities. And I, I just keep having things close to... I mean, I guess it is somewhat mediumship happen. Like I'm having that I'm not trying to do, but I'm having dead people come through. But I'm not, it sounds the same to me at the stage that I'm at. It sounds the same as any of my intuitions that I hear. I don't realize that it's coming from someone's dead loved one until they tell me. Wow. This, like this just happened on our um, on our Instagram live the other day. I pulled a card for a girl and it, it directly answered her question, but it was her, her friend who had passed away that answered it. And it was a sunflower, which was totally her totem of this girl. Like it was, and she, she obviously like freaked out. And, and I have a big thing with psychic dreams happening that come true. Lots of those. So I'm like, I don't know. I've been telling Leah, I'm like, I want to maybe practice, but it seems so sensitive. I don't know who I can ask. Like, can I beta test my maybe mediumship on you? Do you have yeah. any advice for people like me? Oh, yeah. Yes. So if you really, really want to dive into this, you're going to meditate more and you have to really... I've, just, I've been meditating. Okay. Continue to meditate. Okay. This is the big thing about these messages. Believe it 
when it comes out of your mouth. Don't okay. second guess yourself. Mm-hmm. The first thought that comes to your mind is the correct one. Okay. That second thought, that's bullshit. that's going to confuse you. It's bullshit. It is. Mm-hmm. It's not. That is. That's your doubt. That's messing you up it and happens also, so many times when we do card pulls we'll pull a card and we'll look at each other like oh this doesn't really apply and then we'll show it to the person just like with the sunflower and it's like it makes sense to them and I always doubt the card I'm like oh that can't be it but then they're like holy shit that's it and like that's that like another it. example of that yeah. so that's the most important thing mm. that we talk about in the book about tea leaf reading mm. oh the you, quickness right we do over over 200 you know time-tested symbols, but nothing's going to equal your personal gnosis because you see something in that cup that directly relates to your life. Like this woman at the last event on March 1st, she saw a cat and, you know, cat has its own meaning in here. She instantly was like, this is my familiar that just passed away. My familiar is coming to me. You know, I can tell he's around me, you know, everything. It was so meaningful for her because it was very specific to her. She had been hoping Mm -hmm. to see the cat and then the cat shows up. And so it's like, do I, am I going to sit there and say, Ooh, watch out. Could be jealous people or could be this. No, because she already knows what it means for her. Mm. Same thing, Leanne. I know a hundred times you'll pull a card that normally the card means this, but when you pull it for this person, you're like, actually, for you, this pertains to this other thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. A tangent that you might never say again to another person that you pull that you could pull that card 50 more times. You never say it again. But, you know, in that moment, you have a knowing in that moment. Mm-hmm. This is what this means to this person. And I have to say this. Mm-hmm. And you can't clamp down on that mm-hmm. you know, with it, you know, mm-hmm. and so awakening your actual intuition Mm -hmm. trumps anything you could just read like it's important part of what this does is helps you awaken the book is here to guide you to awaken that inside of yourself and that's what that's where the power is Mm. that's where the power is because I could I could give you a hundred books to read on the symbolism and a hundred books to read on the technique and everything you have to have the spark. You have to awaken that spark, kindle that into a fire and let it go. You know, you can't, you can't tame it and tamp it down. It's yeah. great. And it's so important to have the background of the time tested symbols. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, cause all of that is part of the framework, but it's just a framework. You have True. to color all of that in with yourself. You know right. what I mean? So What's interesting that's is- part about being psychic. When I'm doing a reading for someone, sometimes I'll even, like, the first thought that I'll have will seem a little harsh, but then I'll say it anyway, and they're like, that is really what I needed to hear. So even when I feel like I'm being mean, it's actually, like, their angels or my angels telling me. How are you going to help people? How can you help people if you don't tell them the bad news? The truth. How can you make the change in their life that they need if you don't tell them no? They have to. It's Yeah. and, And we even go over it in here of, how how important the truth is mm. it's all we have okay. speak the truth when you're yeah. doing your readings yeah. and when you're doing mediumship it's very very important to make sure you take care of your body um okay. if you become a medium you're going to have to drink lots of water it is because you're going to be very very uh, drained after any kind mm. of connection with mm. the dead if you take a piece of you 
So the finally, the most important thing is show gratitude after any reading. Yeah. Thank spirit. Thank spirit for helping you with your tea leaf readings, your mediumship, your tarot. Thank the gods, thank the universe, and they will be thankful back to you. Such a good point. So your book is called Reading the Leaves. How did this book come to be? How did you both even connect on tea reading? Like, tell us more. Oh my gosh. Well, Leah can tell her, uh, she tells the story pretty well, actually, in the, of our meeting anyways, in the beginning. Oh, cool. So um, when I came into Salem, I was in the middle of a divorce and I was a bit of a wild child. And everybody kind of was following our dear friend who has passed away, uh, Sean mm-hmm. Poria. And so they were all, everybody wanted his attention or Christian Day's attention. Everybody wanted their attention. But I remember meeting Sandra and there she was sitting there and everybody was like talking about her and kind of afraid of her. It was kind of funny. <laughs> they were afraid of her. So I was like, oh, I have to meet this person that everyone's afraid of and I have to make her my friend because she is... <laughs> Cause she was like this dragon. They, I wasn't, they, they were, Oh, Sandra, who she? And I'm like, Oh yeah. So I sat down, we met instant friendship. Uh, everyone was terrified because then we became the Bruce and Tucson. Uh, oh, so yeah. after Sean had died, yeah. we started partially to remember Sean and partially cause we always wanted her to do an event together. We started an event series called The Morning Tea that we do in October. Where we use, we will actually teach you how to communicate with the dead through tea. Wow. Which is something, by the way, that evidently um, hasn't been done before. Yeah, I haven't heard of this. We thought we were rekindling a practice from Victorian times. I even own a spirit kettle, what's called a spirit kettle, which I just believed was when they did the tea leaf readings to communicate with the dead, I thought that's why it was called a spirit kettle. <laughs> so we had this whole thing in our heads where we were like, oh, this is a Victorian practice. They don the morning attire, they sit to tea, they communicate with their dead, this whole thing. So we go to write the book and um, I go, we're digging in through the research and we're digging and digging, coming up empty. We start digging into other books on the subject and trying to just, look at everybody's books on tea leaf reading and say, well, surely this has got to be covered somewhere. It's not, it's not covered anywhere. So come to find out, we've actually invented this practice. We just thought we were doing something that the Victorians had done. So we were just like, oh, you know, this is the practice. Well, no, it really wasn't. (laughs) You know, we have um, a, a whole chapter in here that is um that's just on you know just connecting with spirit visiting the past yeah so there's a whole chapter in here and that's by the way the artwork um all the interior artwork is by lisa ainsworth um she's also known as the ink witch and she is a tattoo artist at good mojo tattoos here in beverly which is just over the bridge from salem um, Beverly and Salem are connected by the Beverly Salem bridge. So <laughs> just over the bridge. Um, and, um, we just love her artwork. So we asked her to be our illustrator for the book and she's fantastic. And her that. artwork made it on the cover of the oh. version, 
beautiful. The British version of the book with the um with the gold leaf and the symbols in the interior of the so I love oh, the British yeah. version. I know. Oh, I so love it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, it makes it look almost like older, but then it's gilded yeah. with the gold. I love it. Yeah, so, so we're so psyched about the British version. We're like, we want more copies of the British version. Yeah. <laughs> Send them over. Which is, you know, we are huge proponents of therapy. It's so amazing to have a third source that you can talk to about real shit. Third? Who's the second? Well, Me? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> third party, you know? It's oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You get what I mean. It, sometimes it takes a few. You can even have a team if you wanted on BetterHelp. You could have more than one. That's true, because there are so many options to choose from. <laughs> so if you want a fully licensed professional therapist that you can talk to online from your home, and that's literally what they're used to because that's what this whole company does, then you have to check out BetterHelp. They're here to help you, and their service is available worldwide. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses Plus, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So don't wait. Go to betterhelp.com slash basicwitches for 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash basicwitches. Which is if you've been feeling blue, then I definitely want to tell you about Blue Blocks. They're blue blocking glasses that help with migraines and anxiety depression because the lenses are this beautiful golden yellow and it instantly brightens my mood as soon as I put them on. And is proven to block out the actual harmful blue light from all these screens that we're interacting with now more than ever, straining our eyes, disrupting sleep. So you need to block that out. And Blue Blocks has different lenses for different times of day and different needs. They also come in prescription or non-prescription and reader glasses. And the best part is they look good. They're so stylish. There's a lot of glasses that claim to block blue light, but they're very ugly. I've looked for them before <laughs> finding blue blocks and blue blocks actually put an emphasis on the fashion and the quality of the light that they're blocking out. So if you want 15% off your order, use the code witches at blueblocks.com slash witches. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com slash witches. You're welcome. Well, I wanted to ask before, I'm still sipping my tea. Um, I wanted to ask because you guys have built such a coven it seems between the festival psychic fair and just your world over there we have a lot of listeners who don't live in salem who live in the bible belt or like the south or places where there's not mystical shops and there's not like they're always asking us what can we do to get a coven like how do we find or make a coven do you have any advice for them so um you know Depends on what their idea of a coven is. So for Leanne and I, we're both part of traditional witchcraft covens um, that are that follow a very specific set of guidelines and are, you know, these traditions have been, you know, handed down for decades. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm Alexandrian 
and, oh. it, and it has her traditions. Yes, I'm um, part of the Minoan Sisterhood, uh, which wow. is an all-woman uh, group, and part of the Celtic traditional Guevenade, which is um, a Welsh-based group. But it's that- all... We're all under the umbrella of British traditional witchcraft. Okay, so cool. okay, so there's certain rules. They're they're out there. They're out there in the belt. There there's witches out there in the Bible Belt. There was witches everywhere. You just what yeah. are these rules? So well, I mean, we okay. So we can't necessarily go into that because okay. that's something that you find out. One of the rules. <laughs> it's like Fight Club. Once you're initiated um, and you're able to copy by hand your book of shadows. That sounds so cool. Right? So that's something that, you know, we, we can explain that there are guidelines, but we don't talk about what the guidelines are. You know, there are guidelines and there are specific traditions. You can get the flavor of these traditions from some published works Mm. that are out there. Um, and that can kind of show you what it might be like to be a part of these covens. One thing that I do want to say that's a huge misconception, that's kind of a pet peeve of mine, is that it's important for everyone to understand that even once you become part of a coven, even a very traditional coven, like a British traditional coven, you still have your private, solo, solitary work that never goes away. You're never, you should never be asked to stop doing everything that you were doing that made you who you are to this point. And that's a big red flag. If anyone says, oh, you can't practice that way anymore. You have to only do it this way. It's like that's a huge relationship. Right? So you basically want, you want to find, I can understand asking a postulant or a dedicant to only practice a specific way for a time period or something like to say on this while you're learning it's going to be important for you to focus on this because you do need that sort of direct current and you don't want to kind of mishmash and start mixing you know start mixing practices sure but um once you've kind of got it under your belt you you can you know understand the difference between things that you did that pertain to another tradition or just your own eclectic practice and how you participate when you participate with your coven or when you practice yourself and you're practicing specifically that that form and that tradition. Now, it's kind of like this. If you were just kind of walking down the street and making up your own song as you went along with the things that you saw and you started rhyming or whatever and you kind of made up your own little song in a rap or whatever, that's great. And you're the only one that has to understand how it goes. But if you go and you want to sing a song with another person as a duet or in a group of people and you're all singing together, you've got to know the words. You've got to know the tune. You've got to know the key. What key are you singing this in? You know, you, you've got to know some specifics in order to work together. You know, mm-hmm. so that's different. That makes it different than being just a solo practitioner where you're just doing it your way. Nobody else has to understand, you know, where it's going or, you know, where you're channeling the energy or how you're channeling it or what you're about to say, what words are coming out of your mouth. 
you can't do group practice that way. It's chaos. It's so funny that you use that example because we're literally on a musical improv team together of all women. And that's all what we do is make up the songs and the keys and the words all at once together. So that's a very specific skill set. Yes, yes. (laughs) But we had to learn that skill set. Exactly. Right. Yeah, we had to train in even how to do that. Right. So that's really powerful. And there are forms of magic where you do start almost like speaking in tongues, um, where you do start just whatever's coming out of your mouth. But that's, that's the point of that. But you wouldn't necessarily do an entire practice that way. Do you know right. what I mean? That's a very specific thing you're doing and it's for specific reasons, but you can't really operate a full on like, complete tradition where everyone's just doing whatever they want. Right. Yeah. Totally. Right. There's got to be some kind of a pattern. And I want you to think about this because this, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up because Richard, uh, the spirit of Richard is looking over my shoulder. One of my, one of my mentors. Um, if you were a God, imagine being a God and looking down on all of the people or looking into the crowds of people, right? Imagine yourself standing at a ginormous fish tank that has thousands, literally thousands of fish all moving around in it. You would have a hard time picking a fish to focus on if they all just kept all moving every way. But like if one fish was like doing this, like going in a circle, or one fish was like going in a pattern that you could detect, you would pay attention to that fish. All of a sudden, all the chaos of all these fish doing all this stuff. But you saw that one fish going, you'd be like, look at that one fish going around and around. How interesting. I'm going to pay attention to that fish. That's kind of like how you get the attention of the gods is For aeons of years, people have done very specific things to attract these specific archetypal gods. And so it's like, if somebody says like, hey, hundreds of years ago, this is the offering that was given to this particular god, and you start that up again, then that god's like, hey, wait a second, that's that thing that they used to do when I used to talk with them. I'm going to go and talk to that person. It's like if there was a crowd of people just screaming random shit. And then somebody was like, Rachel, Leah, Rachel, Leah, Rachel. You'd be like, oh my God, who's calling us? Like all of a sudden you'd want to pay attention to that person. Even if everybody else was screaming a million other things, it's like, you have to be able to start the conversation. And so there's a specific formula that that follows, that's been followed. There's some kind of a comfort in the idea that for decades, witches from every generation have been following these patterns. And now I know those patterns. Mm. I know that formula. I'm talking to those gods. You know what I mean? There's something to be said for that. And then yet, there's no reason that has to cancel out anything I was doing prior to that, because that brought me here, first of all, mm-hmm. and it, there's something comforting about building your own practice. And so there's, mm. it's, that can be cherished just as much as your tradition that you're now also a part of. 
Because then here we are, we weren't able, uh, so many uh, people weren't able to gather for our Beltane. And that's an important holiday for us. So if you didn't have your basic practice of witch alone, then you didn't, you're not. <laughs> it all starts with you solitary. Should be able to, you should be able to do your work alone and with a group. Mm. And For example, time. we're thinking outside of the box now because of mm-hmm. all this being home. Because we can't gather. Yeah, so right. you have to have your solitary. Yeah. An example you gave about the fish is like so beautiful in my mind because it's like a lesson of focus and perseverance, like of going in the same little path and consistency, but not like in repeating negative or toxic behaviors, but like focus and perseverance and keeping in your zone and not really like getting in other people's way. Right. Right. And that's part of meditative practice. As you probably Mm. know that you've been doing meditative practice. Part of that meditative practice is having some kind of a beautiful pattern that leads you on that path. And we, we talk a little bit about how, especially when we're talking about how to get children kind of prepped for psychic work or opening them up or, you know, basically like, teaching them how to quiet the mind in a certain Mm -hmm. way um, and get that mind into that magical focus. It's like having that repetition, you're able to get there that much faster because your body goes into that mode. Yes. So once we start doing any of the procedure that goes into, you know, the, the, the construction of a proper circle our heads just go there because you practice. No, I mean, why do you guys have that little sound bite song thing about basic witches that happens before every broadcast? Mm-hmm. You do it because that cues everyone. Like, oh, here we go. We're gonna, you know, we do it too on Psychic Tees. We play Fortune Teller. And that song puts me right into the headspace. And if I'm driving down the street and that song comes on, I'm I'm like, oh, it's the show. Like I can hear that without automatically going into that headspace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um I I've been doing Dr. Joe Dispenza meditations for a while, and now I went back to doing transcendental meditation, just TM. Um and he talks about it, Dr. Dispenza, as um, when you first learn to drive a car, you're thinking like, shift the gear, this is the gas, this is the brake, adjust the mirror, mm. seatbelt, hands here, turns like all the things. And then eventually you can drive on autopilot where you can Absolutely. not think at all. So like meditating and witchcraft are the same of getting into the, the muscle practice habit until it becomes autopilot, like almost like autopilot. You just go in. Yeah, and today in my meditation, I knew that meditation was going to come up here. <laughs> I was meditating, and I saw us talking about meditation. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> and it's been coming up in card pulls. It's just been the messages coming to me specifically over and over of how important this meditating is. It really is. It's part of your getting more mastery over yourself. Yeah, and my my abilities I think mm-hmm. so yeah. that they're not wild but they could be a little bit channeled or controlled or something Meditation. when I've got a client in front of me who's saying that they have um anxiety non-specific anxiety mm-hmm. um 
one of the first things I'll say is start a meditative practice because nine times out of 10, that tells me they are receiving psychic information. They have established no filter, no Mm. set up, no boundaries whatsoever, no protection whatsoever. And everything is bombarding them. Mm -hmm. And that's where their generalized, you know, anxiety is, is stemming from is this information input that is not, you know, being channeled constructively, you know, and it's just kind of like, oh my God, I'm receiving like all the empaths just are like bombarded right now. I feel for anyone that has no skill set to filter and to try to, you know, have some kind of a a buffer barrier between everything that's coming in constantly right now. Um, and, and the amount of, um, anxiety, general anxiety, like out in the public Mm -hmm. that's getting translated into everyone. I just, it's like, guys, please like learn about, learn about harnessing Mm -hmm. your ability. You know, this is a perfect time to take some time out and learn these skills. Everybody should learn these skills because it's, it's a latent ability in everyone. Some people, it'll never be awakened, but some mm-hmm. people are walking around with it awakened, but it's not, it's completely uncontrolled. It's, right. you know, they're either just ignoring it going, la, 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 this doesn't exist or whatever. <laughs> they're like in denial about it. And they're just receiving, receiving, receiving constantly with no, with no relief. And that's where part of that comes from is that stress from that. And so it's like, please, like, please, you know, pick up silver mind control method, pick up, you know, <laughs> pick, yeah, no, take whatever, a- like take, take it back to the seventies, you know, it, you know, mm. back in the day, like that book is not even like $10 and it's a wealth of information about um, the power of the mind and how to harness it and how to guide your, your psychic ability. So Ooh, what's the name of that one again? Silva mind control method. Got it. It helped me. I used to get bloody noses. My nose. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. I've seen it when I would do mediumship or if I didn't communicate the message. So I would get, I would get the feeling of anxiety. I would get all this emotion yeah. and I wouldn't be able to follow it. And then, and then I would literally oh. get bloody nose. It would be right back. It would, it would harm me physically so i i gotta say meditation preparing for any kind of psychic work is is important it is important but when thinking about even even before ritual even before i go into circle with my covens or alone i have to prepare myself because that's a lot of different energy out there but for anybody out there really looking to you know get involved in the craft um become an initiate which you, we, there's tons of wonderful places online to go, but you got to be really, really careful. Like okay. Sandra said, you got to be really, really careful. Um, and you, you, you know, more if you feel on, use your psychic ability to make that choice, whether or not to make a connection with somebody, if you have any kind of warnings or like mm-hmm. bells going off in your head, don't, don't, mm-hmm. don't do it. Yeah. Listen to that. That's good advice. Yeah, like that. You're in a bell. It's going to be a loud, it's going to be loud. There's a group group on Facebook called Witches and Warlocks. um, And you can vet, you know, teachers through, you know, I mean, there's definitely 
you could post on there and be like, hey, I contacted this teacher. Does anyone have any experience? They're claiming that they have this lineage. Um, I mean, there anybody that's got um, actual, that's actually in one of these established traditions should be able to trace their lineage and should be able to say, you know, basically who their upline is. And it gets shady when people are like, oh, I don't talk about, you know, my upline or whatever. It's like, mm. that's a little weird. because, like, honestly, um, in the established groups, it's common to have to, you know, to have to talk about that because it's like, how is anybody going to vet you and know that you have the genuine tradition? And I personally know um, two separate people who spent over five years studying with people that were not actual initiates. Um, That's sad. Were they teaching false information um they cobbled together things from like old articles and like all this stuff and just like cobbled that's the problem is because the book of shadows isn't published people can try to pass it off you know what i mean people Mm. can try to cobble together and act like they've actually had the training here's the other thing there is so much that goes on that's taught that's not written in the book, or it's like there's little symbols in the book that mean things, but you have to be, you have to learn from someone that knows what those mean Mm. to be able to teach you all the little ins and outs of that book. And so, you know, that's the other thing is like, you're, there's a lot that just gets passed as oral lore that's not in the book at all. And if you don't, if you just got a copy of the book, you still wouldn't really have the real actual tradition because there's things in there that just are, they're spoken of, but they're not actually spelled out. Mm. Or there's like little lines that mean things or like a letter and then a line or whatever. And so you have to know how to fill in all those blanks. And if you're not learning from someone that's actually been taught by someone that's legit, you're probably learning, you know, bullshit. And this Book of Shadows is what you mentioned earlier that you have to hand copy, at least in your covens, in the traditional. Okay. In the traditional, in British traditional covens, you have to copy the book by hand. How long is that? I'm just curious. They're big. Did it take you guys a long time to copy it? Yes, but that's the point, really. And you learn it, I'm sure, as you're copying it, you're learning it. So here's the thing, right? If you just want to be an initiate, and that's really all you're into, and you, you're initiated, and then you're given the book to start copying, and you decide that you're not going to copy it. Well, you'll never get beyond I'm an initiate, because there are multiple degrees that you, like, so there's a book that you copy when you're first initiated. That's not the only book. There's another book. And you have to copy that one too if you want to ascend through the degrees, okay? So this is a way to separate the wheat from the chafe, right? Because if you're not going to sit there and commit to copy the book, you have no business taking on the title of high priestess or high priest Mm -hmm. because you are not putting the effort in 
to pass this lore as it is being given to you. Mm-hmm. So, it's like the 10,000 hours, you got to put your time in to really be a master at something. Right? So yeah. it, it doesn't matter enough to you. Like if you get somebody that's like, well, why don't you just photocopy that and give it to me? It's like, so, <laughs> it's <not> the point. <laughs> so you don't get it. You obviously yeah. just get it. You know what I mean? Because if you, if you understood the value of this, you would understand why this is guarded like this. This is to keep people from, you just know, abusing it or using it, right? Hiding, you know, waking up one day and being like, oh, I'm a high priestess. Like right. here, see my crown. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not, you know, that's not, first of all, it's not what it's about. And second of all, um, you have to be able to commit to something as simple as that before you're committing to students. If yeah, you of course. want to teach this tradition and pass this on and you can't commit to sitting down and writing on a piece of paper, you're not ready for students. Mm-hmm. You're not ready to teach people. Like if you can't make that commitment, you aren't ready for the commitment that it's going to be to actually help other people become empowered. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, those are the people that just want the title, but they don't actually want to do the work. You know? Or they want, I mean, I feel like witchcraft can draw in, it's alluring. So it can seem like, oh, I can have power and get what I want. Let me just come in and do that. And I'm sure it attracts a lot of people who are going to try to just get what they want out of it. And I'm sure there are a lot of practitioners out there and that's really all they want. They don't, they're not really looking for a relationship with the old gods. They're just like, they have a vending machine mentality. I put my candle in and I get my thing out, you know, and it's like, <laughs> that's, that's not how this goes, guys. Like maybe yeah. you could make some small things happen that way. Maybe, you know, or maybe not. Or maybe that's why you're not getting the things that you're working mm-hmm. for. You're not putting, you're not putting enough real effort into getting it. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're not actually doing what it takes to make those things happen you know, if you can't, if you can't dedicate yourself to something like that, and I can't tell you how many people I've heard, oh, I can't meditate. I'm no good at that. I, I'm no good at this or that. And it's like, well, how much work have you put into it? <laughs> right. You've got to be willing to suck yes. first. You have to be sucky at something before you can get great at it. You're not going to be great at everything right out the gate. It just yeah. doesn't work like that. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll stumble onto something that you're just a friggin' savant. Great. That's fantastic. You're a natural, you know, mazel tov, but that doesn't mean that you're going to automatically be good at all of it. You're going to have to work at it. And if you're not ready to do that, then you're probably also not going to teach your students to do that. Yeah. And so you're, you're not only like basically ripping yourself off, but you're ripping other people off as well. Mm. Well, it reminds me of yoga training too. You don't just like learn the moves and then become a teacher. It's like you have to do hours and hours and hours of training, certificates. Like it's a lot Practice. of work. It's and so, there's yeah. a language. And it there's, could be. It's yeah. also yeah. transformation. This is a transformation. Yes. The process of becoming a witch isn't just, hey, I'm a witch. It's a transformation. My personality changed. Part of who I am, I got stronger. I, I let go of some things I didn't want in my life. It, it's, it's growth. And growth hurts. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it not is. Easy. Oh Spiritual awakening Ugh. is not some, you're going to you know, grow a flower out of your head. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's ripping apart 
of yourself that, you know, you've grown comfortable to. It's getting, it's creating new habits and new things that are important. Yeah. It is, it's, it's, it's transformative. So you can't, yeah. you can't yeah. go into it easy. There's okay. going to be work involved. It's beyond the copying of the book. That's learning how to trust new people and being in, and it's, it's walking into a room and being afraid because you don't know what's going to happen next because but you're going to screw it up. Because that's going to let you know you're alive. I can tell you that. The fear will let you know that you're mm-hmm. there. And when you give that to something higher or something more, that's magic. It's not so much getting a guy to like you or, or getting, you know, winning this or, you know, winning money or whatever, whatever. Those are just all things. The best part you can get from walking a different path is your own personal growth. And mm-hmm. how it changes, and how a spell can be in your head, and you don't need anything. It just lives in you. Your own power lives in you. And when that happens, and that's real, all those other things flow to you. It just comes. It's not a struggle. It's not like, oh my God, like it's not a struggle to find the right partner or to get in the right group of people or have the supportive group of friends or get yourself into that, you know, that career that you want or whatever, things start flowing to you because you're living authentically. You are in your power. You, you've claimed it. You've claimed your power. You're walking your talk, you're doing your thing. And then all of a sudden people are drawn to that. People want that. They want you in their lives and they want to know how the hell you're doing all the great things you're doing. And then that's, that's, that's the power of attraction right there is what brings it. And you don't necessarily have to sit there and be like, I have to light this candle on this day and do this thing and do this. Yes. Maybe that is a part of it. So you you're like keying into certain things yourself, but that's not the thing that gets it done. Yeah. That's not the thing that gets it done. It's in here. Mm -hmm. But the transformation has to be real. It can't just be a farce. It can't just be, okay, I, you know, I bought a pentacle and hung it around my neck. And, you know, I took a great selfie and I put it on my Instagram and now I'm a witch. It can't, that can't be it. You know, that can't, that's not, that's posturing. That's not reality. You know, it's funny, both Leah and I are in the first healthy romantic relationships of our lives. And both of our partners early on had jokey suspicions that we like, like voodooed them into our lives um, because, (laughs) which we didn't, but we both had become empowered on our own, knew what we wanted, made lists of qualities we deserve in a partner, like practiced self-love so you could say we drew them in with witchcraft but like it's that part you're talking about of empowerment and commitment and knowing what you deserve yes self-worth you got healthier with yourselves Mm -hmm. and drew healthy relationships because of it exactly like you yourself got a healthy relationship with yourself exactly and that was a part of it then you knew you know you knew what your value was you knew what you would and wouldn't accept in a relationship you were 
it's strong about, you know, yeah. holding the line of like, no, I expect this. It's so sweet. You know? My boyfriend will literally thank me for doing the work on me so that I was able to accept his love because I would not have been able yeah. to before. Because you wouldn't awesome. have thought you deserved it that's, before. That's awesome. <laughs> also, I... I have to point out you the moon. No, you're wearing the same color, and that happens to Rachel and I oh, all the time. We'll just be like dressed exactly the same. It's Jupiter Day. It's Jupiter Day. <laughs> oh, I didn't oh, know that. Blue. It's Thursday. <laughs> well, on Thursday, we wear blue. No, it's lavender. It's fashion. No, it's not. Oh my God, we're having a blue dress, gold dress moment. <laughs> this is a fucking light blue dress. It's light so lavender, amazing. light blue. Does it look white to you guys? It's not white. Oh my god! It looks like a lilac. It looks Thank like you. A Thank okay. you, Sandra. It is a lilac. Okay, right. so unfortunately, we're running out of time again. But so let's do our leave. Yeah. yeah. Can you leave us? Yeah. We have our saucers on top of our tea, our empty teacups. Okay. Can good. Now, Tim. Yep. Okay. Did you sit the, Did you swish three oh, times? Three right? times. Okay. Yep. Swish and three six times. Six o'clock at the hand. Yep, push okay. three times first. And then one, two, three. Two, three. Yes. Oh my. Okay, now flip. 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 I might have had too much liquid. Uh-oh. Now I okay. give it a knock. I give it a little knock. Okay. I usually knock three times on the top. Got it. Now, when you take that handle, like I said, you loop it around and you want you want to put the like the handle. Don't put it like you're gonna take a drink. Yeah. Put it like it's down the bottom, six o'clock, right? Okay. And tip the cup up, and, and now you now you got to see what you see right away. Okay. What comes to you right away when you first pick it up? Oh, oh a, a shit! It's a, it's an animal sitting with their paws out. Nice. I think it's a squirrel. It really looks oh. like a squirrel because <laughs> the tail looks bushy. <laughs> What'd you get? Well, none of my stuff came out. So, and it's all on the side, and some of it is at the lip. So, I'm taking that as like the money is. Oh, hold on! I see stuff. The money is like right there. What do you see? There you go. It's very close. So, I would definitely say it's very close. Now, that down the bottom is that like a hammer or an axe or something? See where I'm? See where down the bottom it almost looks like it's like. Um, no, bottom of the cup. Handle bottom of the cup, pointing sort of towards the handle. Mm. Yeah, I think it almost looks like it's gonna take like a it's gonna take a turn, you know, see it's what like I'm a saying. Right angle. Yeah, it's like taking a right angle. So I'm I'm saying like to me, I feel like you're probably gonna have something kind of come out of left field that you're you're heading along a, along a track, and then all of a sudden something comes almost like you might not even trust it at first because you're kind of like, this is sort of coming out of left field. And maybe but it, it pays $27,000. <laughs> my God, I love it. Leanne, what did you but see? I have to tell you what I'm seeing here is I yeah. saw a worm. And that reminds me of the... The early like bird catches the worm. Catches the, worm. <laughs> the early bird catches the worm. Right. And that worm being something of a... Your money, come here. Let me see more. <laughs> so, okay, I see that, and I see somebody on a horse. Ooh. So that's, oh, I that's see opportunity horse. running in. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, see him right there. He's like coming up out of it, and it's also a loyal project too. Horses are known for their loyalty and hard how work and hard work. Yep. So you're going to get it, but it's going to take some work. 
Okay, so right. we're talking about for the past like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right? The hard work. Okay. The hard work. Um, intuitive here. as I am, I feel like I totally just understood my reading because how much Yay. I can barely show you, but so much came out on the plate. And okay. I asked, what do I need to let go? And so much oh, wow. came out. Whoa. Okay, just so you got too much on your plate. Oh my God. Wow. Yes. And then this went to me looked like a squirrel with its paws and like this is the bushy tail. To me, okay. I, I squirrels like uh, they store nuts and they hoard. So I'm thinking they maybe, maybe getting rid of the fear that I need to hold on to like well, things you, or you money. need to literally get rid of stuff, it sounds like. Maybe. Yeah. I did so I did Marie Kondo. Yeah. I see in there. I see an angel. Oh shit. I just spilled I knew that was gonna Damn happen. It. <laughs> spilled it all over my computer. Saw an angel. Sorry. Sorry. I'm like <laughs> Okay. Basically, I didn't want to say don't do it. I was like, she knows. Well, she knew she that we were going to spill the tea on this show. Yes, yes. The tea. Spill the tea. <laughs> spill the tea. I don't think any got on the keys. <laughs> okay, oh, wow. We literally is spilled the tea. Spilled the tea. So, I'm going to tell everybody I, that. What did you say? Like, literally. So you saw an angel? Yes, she did. Yes. <laughs> what, do you, what do you make of that? Well, that could be huh? one of two things. It could be opportunity and a blessing, but it could be a message from somebody. I think you got. I think you got a little guardian angel watching yeah, over, trying to watch over you. I like Definitely. that. I think you've got. I think you've got. You. It's always good to have somebody on the other side, pulling from the other side for you. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? To be able to say like somebody on the other side cheering you on in your successes. You know, and. And basically giving giving you the thumbs up that you're on the right track. Well, and that's interesting that I also asked about, you know, medium shit. And then you see see the symbol of an angel. And then, yeah. and then there's an angel too, yes. And I feel like that almost looks like a butterfly up on the lip. Up here. Oh. Yes, and that's another and that's another strong mediumship symbol. Transformation. Oh. So that's another. And transformation, yes, absolutely. Oh, shit. Butterfly is another really strong symbol. We talk about, we go kind of in depth about the butterfly in here, so. Wow. Yeah, so that's another really strong um, indicator that you have spirit, you know, you have a guide or, you know, someone. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, when they start mediumship, they do kind of have a spiritual go-between on that other side. For me, it was actually my grandfather mm -hmm. who's trying to, who's trying to get the messages to you from the other side. Oh my God. Ooh, I just, oh, I just uh, had a really strong feeling <laughs> because I already thought it's my uncle Johnny who yeah. took his own life, but in a way that I've always really understood and related to for him. And shortly after his passing, he came to me in a dream where he had all these butterflies in his garden because he had a garden. But in the dream, it was all these butterflies. And I even texted my mom and aunt and sisters um, to tell them, just so you know, I had a dream about... Were they white? Mother. Huh? Were they white? The butterflies? Yeah. No. They were colorful. No, they were lilac. Bring it back. I love it. That's so funny. So I'm like... All those butterflies are like spirits on the other side, you know, waiting to communicate, you know? Yeah, I feel really good about that. Uh -oh. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for guiding us through that. Yeah. This is, I want to do more tea reading. Still so much more to talk about. It's going to be like your your once a week thing. It's going to be like once a week thing. You're like, okay, time to check in with the tea. We got to get it out. You know, let's check in on our, on our stuff. And I feel like, um, you know, that, that 27,000, that's pretty specific. Um, Don't limit yourself. Yeah. Don't limit yourself. Ooh. Or better. Okay. Honestly, yes. I felt like the number was low too when you told oh. me. I was like, really? See, I that's feel guilty yeah. even asking for that because I'm like, why do I need that much money? But then here you said, I'm like, that's a nice reminder that always reach for the highest goal. Yeah. Sure, because don't limit yourself, right? Because, yes. Okay. Now, before we run out of time, I want to make sure you guys can plug where people can find you and where they can find the book. Okay. The book is kind of everywhere. It's Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's, you know, all the, all your online, the independent online bookseller, uh, all those normal places that you can find uh, good reads or like all these, I I can't even list them all. But if you go to Penguin Random House's website, um, it, they, they will have all listed all the places. Um, There's like a specific page for us on their, on their site. So, um, but I mean, we're going to have them in the shop for, so that, um, pretty soon hex and omen. So it's, um, it's hexwitch.com and then it's going to be omen salem.com. That's where you would get autographed copies. Awesome. If you want a copy of the book, you can get it at any of those other places, including Amazon and everything else. If you want an autographed copy of the book, you want to go to either hex or omen online and um, and that's where you can get them. And Leanne and I have Instagrams. Um, yes. I run our Psychic Tea Instagram. Leanne runs her own as Leanne Marama. And then we have a page on Facebook for the Psychic Teas. So look up the look up the Psychic Teas, and you'll see us. And um, that's where we do our monthly radio show. And then um, if you connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, we do a daily. Um, sort of a daily Zoom with everybody right now called Tea Time, and that happens at 11 in the morning. We teach about the tarot and crystals and herbs and all kinds of things every single day. And I'm so, available for readings at Hex, which also. Yes, amazing. and Leanne's wow. classes, including her mediumship class, which is available on Crowdcast. Yes. If you go to hexwitch.com, you can take her mediumship class. Amazing. Amazing. Now we would love to do a basic blessing, which is how we end every episode. It's just each of us saying something we're grateful for today. Mm. Perfect. I'm grateful for tea and coffee because um, they both like brought me to new people. And it's just a very meditative thing that I love doing in the morning. And now my tea game is going to go way up. Mm. You're here. (laughs) (laughs) Cheer, cheer. Um, I'm so grateful for my therapist in general, but specifically yesterday in therapy, she pointed out a perspective shift for me on my skin. I've been having acne worse than ever in my life and in direct result of a trauma that was worse than anything in my life. And she said, look at it as your skin, your body trying to get out the negativity from the attack and the trauma and trying to get the toxins out. 
And so now I'm looking in the mirror and congratulating my body, like, good job getting that out. Keep going. I want it all. I want him out. I want the memory out, like get it out. So I'm grateful for her at that perspective shift. Awesome. What about you? ah, What am I grateful for? Good friends? Mm. Meeting new people? Getting to be welcomed into your home as I, you know, here, you're you're out there in California. That's really cool. So I guess I'm grateful for technology Mm. that can bring people together. And I am grateful that we wrote, I wrote a book with one of my best friends. I have a lot of gratitude for that. And that we have magic. I'm grateful for magic. And I'm very, very grateful to my gods. (laughs) So I feel like all of that, (laughs) I feel like (laughs) I'm grateful also for all of that. Um, Yeah. Specifically with the technology comment, um, it actually allows me to talk to my mom every day. My mom's in a facility at this point and mm. the ability to be able to um, actually get her on FaceTime um, and be able to see her every day, it has been amazing. Mm. Um, so being able to connect with people through this medium and be able to reach more people, um, specifically people that are seeking magic in their own lives. Um, maybe this podcast is going to connect people and it might be the thing that gets them to that place where they're connecting with people of like mind and finding their tribe. And I just think it's a homecoming for people, you know, and now you guys have connections in Salem. (laughs) So when it's time to be able to travel safely, you need yes. to be here. <laughs> I literally wrote that in my dream journal was we're going to Salem after this. So that I will yeah. meet you in person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I then you'll be then we'll be doing a podcast on location. Yep. Exactly. In Salem. Ooh. Oh, I have goosebumps. Yeah. Can't wait. Woo-hoo. Oh my gosh. Thanks Thank you. so much, you guys. Yeah, thank you. you. Shout, out, shout out to the team. At, uh, at Penguin Random House. Um, yes. Our girl, Alyssa, and the whole team is awesome over there. And, uh, and we're just so grateful that we're able to take something that we were doing, you know, through events, reaching mm-hmm. hundreds of people, and now through the book, reaching thousands of people. Yes. And so, yay. Yay. Yes. yes. Magic. Yay, magic. Yes. Thank you. It works. It works, guys. Witches, this show is made possible by listeners like you who contribute on our Patreon. If you want to join the Basic Witches Coven, become a patron. And as a thank you for your support, we'll give you all kinds of witchy goodness, like card readings and custom art. We'll see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic Witches. Basic Witches. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 o